0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips, and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's how Peter spoke about the Word, the integrity of the Word, the power of the Word, how we should rest and trust in the Word and in the Word alone. That's so vital to a Christian life, without which victory can never be guaranteed, but also today, I'm going to talk about Psalm 8. Um, this Psalm is not it's a popular Psalm that I read all the time. I read it, but I don't read it consistently, like maybe Psalm 91, Psalm 23. That's one of the most popular Psalms in the Bible. But for me, um, praying about it, I believe the Lord laid it on my heart to talk about Psalm 8. And I pray that I want each and every one of you to expect something, it's vital. You should try to expect something to happen today. Not, to, not because it's safe, but because you believe that you hear something from the Lord based on what I speak under the entrance of the Holy Spirit. Um, during my prayer time in preparing this, the Lord lays something on my heart. And the thing that laid on my heart is, it's either someone listening by podcast or someone here that is a situation in your life that you're struggling so much. It's a habit that you've been struggling to shake off. You've been trying and trying. The more you try, the more you fall. And the disappointment is so great that what the Lord is saying is, you're condemning yourself thinking, you know what, it's not worth it. Believe me, what the Lord gave me was, he gave me a word in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, you are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you can confess that scripture over your life on a consistent basis, that will transform that lifestyle into exactly the way God wants you to be. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have our redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. Redemption comes not by your own works or your own trials. It's by trusting in God's faithfulness based on his word, without which you can never overcome it. I've been there where I've tried and tried and tried and tried. And the more I try, the more I fall. I remember when a guy asked Jesus, and he said, "Um, Lord, what can we do to do the works of God? And he said, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. If you try to do the work of God, it's impossible. That's a fact. You can't. The Christian life is impossible to live without the Holy Spirit. You can't try to live a Christian life. If you could have lived a Christian life, then the coming of Jesus would have been in vain. Anyway, um, that's what the Lord laid on my heart anyway. So I believe if you're listening to my podcast or if you're here and it, it registers in your heart, please take those two scriptures, Ephesians 1, 7, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, meditate on it, and allow God to speak to you through that scripture and your life will be transformed. I'm a living testimony to that and I can guarantee you it will come to pass. Okay, so I'm going to read some, some eight, um, which, honestly, one thing I normally do is when... Uh, Uh, the Lord tells me about something or to share something to someone. First of all, I want him to prove it in my own life. I want a testimony of that in my own life. I want a fruit of it in my own life. And what I'm going to share to you today, again and again, when the Lord started revealing these things to me, I've seen the fruit of it in my life. But what I said was, Lord, great, you want me to go and talk about this? That's good. Now, this is the deal. You do it in my life. Let me see the fruit in my life. Then based on that, I'll go and share it. And lo and behold, he's always faithful. I've seen it again and again. Last night, my little girl was going to bed, and our neighbor was, had a family coming around, and they were screaming. My little girl came out and said, Dad, there's so much noise from the next door neighbor. I said, okay, Joe, let's go. Let's go and pray. And we just went and prayed. I so, said, Lord, we pray for the next door neighbor. We bless your life. We pray that the noise we cease. We pray that, Father, you will bless them. This noise right now is stopped in Jesus' name. Amen. We didn't, we were having, I don't know, the party would get together. Within 10 minutes, all of them walked out, went into their car, and drove off. No one heard my voice. I didn't scream. I just prayed a silent prayer. But again, that's what I'm going to talk about today. So Psalm 8, let me go on straight away. So, okay. It said, O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are so mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him, for you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, and you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. If you can please leave just the first and second verse on the screen for me, that would be great, please. Just the first and second verse, brilliant. So, this psalm, I've titled it Authority Through Identification. Um, and then that's what the Lord gave me, it. that's what the Lord gave me, authority through identification. And this goes back all the way to the book of Genesis. It stretches back and goes through, all, through the Bible. And the first, song, the first verse is the key by which we can understand the rest of the verses of the song. If we can get a grips with the first and second verse, the rest of this chapter just flows through and it's easy for us to be able to identify ourselves with it, and it's easy for us to be able to see the fruit of it coming to our life. It said, oh Lord, our Lord. When I say it, I say, oh Lord, my God. That's personal to me. You know, that's how we um, identify ourselves with it. But oh Lord reveals the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God, meaning he's the creator of all things, both visible and invisible, by which both visible and invisible, meaning all authority, all power, all dominion belongs to him. There's nothing before him, there's nothing after him. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the one that fills the earth of space. Without him, nothing is there. But now, our Lord also reveals one thing, the intimacy between God and man. The intimacy between God and man as it reveals the intimate relationship between God and the crown jewel of his creation, but also reveals the intimacy between God and his creation through man. We understand that God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that he created, he made it. In the book of Genesis, it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and out through that, he created everything. But the question is, why did he do it? Why did God create the world? Did he need to live in the world? Praise God, where he is, the streets are made of gold. He doesn't need this. He doesn't need it. But if you read verse 26 of um, Genesis chapter 1, it says, and God made man in his own image after his likeness and gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the best of the air. What does that mean? That means God created the heavens and the earth and entrusted the authority of the heavens and the earth to man. So God created the earth and everything that is in it as a home for his people. Before he created man, he provided every provision that man needs before he created man. But in verse 28, in uh, um, Genesis, I'm trying to just lay the groundwork Then we just flow through it and I believe um, it's going to be fun. Uh, verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, it says, okay, verse 20, it says that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that, every, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, this is authority. This is the mandate that God gave man. And the mandate that God gave man was for man to replenish, it was for man, because God already gave him a blueprint. And the blueprint was the Garden of Eden. And all man have to do is to spread that garden all over the earth. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth, the only part, that was so beautiful, was Eden, the Garden of Eden. But man's responsibility was to spread it. That, that was man's job. So God gave the authority of the earth, the dominion of the earth, and God made man God of the earth. Please don't throw stones when I say man is God. I'm not, I'm not saying man is sovereign. Man is not sovereign. God gave man the master of the earth. He gave man authority to rule and to replenish the earth Based on what he tells him to do, so man's dominion was based on his unity, his relationship, his intimacy with God. If that intimacy is broken, the earth dies and man dies. Now, what is death? Because God gave everything to him, everything he gave it to him. Now, God didn't have authority over the earth. Somehow, say that's not true. Read the Bible. God didn't have the authority over the earth. We gave the authority to man. So man was the authority over the earth. Because God is spirit. The heavens, the earth is physical. The life of man was in God. It's like having an iron. And if you want to iron your clothes, you plug the iron in the, in the mains, then you can iron your clothes. But just pull the iron out of the mains and try to iron your clothes. What's going to happen? It goes cold. So the life. That goes through the iron. It's not in the iron. It's in the socket. The, the, the wall plug that you plug it in. The life of Adam was in God. Because God told him, the day you shall eat of the tree, you will surely. He didn't say you will die. He said you will surely die. Did Adam die? Did Adam die? Yes, he died. Now we have to understand what death is. We understand death is just dying and being buried six feet under the ground. And that's not death. That is the, um, 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 the, the, the resource of death. Now, before you know what death is, you have to know what life is. What is life? God is life. In him is life. Jesus said, I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So now when man sinned, man was separated from God. And when man was separated from God, he died. Now, why did man separate from God? He bowed his knee to a fallen spiritual outlaw called Lucifer. So the nature of Lucifer entered into man called death. So man lost his authority, he lost his dominion, and he transferred all that authority to Lucifer. And Lucifer became the god of this world. So everything that God planned for man to do, man couldn't even start it. Man lost it. We lost it completely. And that is why today we can see because God gave Adam a command. The command was to to produce the species of the earth. What is that species? The human race. Adam had the command from God to produce the rest of the human species. So when Adam gave birth to a child, that child carries the DNA of God, which is life. But because Adam fell, now, any time Adam gives birth, he gives birth to the nature of death. So now the whole of the human race died with Adam. And that was a sad day. Because now, man lost it. God was standing outside his own creation looking at man. Because God couldn't go close to man. Because God is so holy and sin cannot stand in his presence. Man would have died. Man, now God has the problem. What is he going to do? Because the only way man, God can deliver man out of everything that he has done was to create another man. A man without sin, a man who is holy, who has done no wrong. Where is God going to get her? Because the earth does not belong to him anymore. He can't go to the dust and create man and breathe into his nostrils. He can't do that anymore. Because the earth does not belong to him. Someone will say, no, that's not true. Okay, when Jesus, when in the wilderness, when the, uh, Satan met Jesus, he said, all this glory and everything in it has been given unto me, and I'll give to whom I please. Was he lying? He wasn't lying. It's true. Adam gave the authority of the earth to Satan. So every human race carries the nature of Satan, unfortunately. But praise God for his infinite wisdom. He, he knew what was going to happen before it happened. And he had a plan in place before it happened. Do you know what God did? He sentenced himself to death. But in order for him to do that, it took 4,000 years four days for God to do that. 4,000 years four days through the prophet, he spoke. He spoke. He spoke words consistently through the prophets, through the prophets, through the prophets. And through that, Jesus came. Because the Bible says that when the angel came to Mary, and Mary said, let it be unto me according to thy word, the Bible said that the Spirit of God took the word of God and implanted it in Mary's womb. And that, and that the, the flesh of Jesus was not from the seed of man, was from the seed of God. Because the seed of man is death. So in order for us to qualify, for Jesus to qualify to redeem the human race, he has to be a seed without death. Without sin, holy, righteous, and unblameable. So what did he do? John chapter 1 verse 1, He says, In the beginning was the, uh, uh, um, 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 was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Without him was nothing made that was made. Verse 14 says what? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now who is that word? Jesus is that word. And the Bible said the word is God. So who was that? That was God. But do you know what? He didn't come as God. He came as a man. Because the Bible says in the Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, it says he emptied himself from all, everything. He emptied himself as God. He put everything aside. Because if Jesus did what he did on earth as God, me and you, we don't qualify. We have no chance. He emptied himself and put all his divinity away. He took on flesh and blood just like you and me for one purpose and one purpose only. It, in all, it, the only way he can do what he did is to identify with you and me. If he's able to identify with you and me, then... But you know what? God is so amazing, so cool because everything I he was doing was a secret. Satan knew nothing about it. He was so blind he was so blind, and we, um, please can you give me Hebrews chapter two, verse nine, please let's look at the purpose why Jesus came quickly, um, so that I can just run with this. please. Um, it's about we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, might taste death for what? Everyone, He would taste death for everyone. He would taste death for everyone. Can you give me 14 and 15 please? 14 and 15. Let's look at this. Holding fast the word of life. Hebrews 14 and 14 please. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. This is why Jesus came. To set me and you free. But the purpose why he came is to restore the authority that Adam lost in the garden. To restore that power that Adam lost in the garden. And Jesus was brutally Jesus died, a shameful death for you and me. And how did he die? Some people watch The Passion of the Christ and they say, it's so brutal. I can't watch it. It's inhumane. Now, what Jesus went through is ten times worse than that. Because the Bible says he became formless. Death hit him so much to the point where you can't even recognize him as a human being. Everything, everything in hell attacked him on the cross. What you have to understand is that the Bible says Jesus was without sin. He never sinned. Do you know why he became sin? Because he was obedient to the Father by taking you and me as sins and taking your place and my place. Amen. He hung on the cross because of you and me, not because of him. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He is God. The Bible says, "For God so loved the world that He gave." He loved that that he gave that son to us. He died that brutal death because of you and me so that we don't have to suffer the consequences of death. The consequences of death is hell. People who don't believe in hell, Jesus went to hell for three days. You see, everything God did on the cross, Satan thought, I've got him, I've got him. Oh, I've got him exactly where I want him. But what God was doing is, it was a trap. He set a trap and Satan fell for it. Because all God was waiting was to get Jesus in the pit of hell. That's where that authority is. And he beat the hell out of Satan and took that authority back. And when Jesus rose from the dead he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And where did he take authority in heaven? He didn't take authority to heaven. He gave authority back to man. He gave the authority back to you and me. Now me and you, you and me, what do we do? We're out when situation comes. We're out so easily. So easily. Whilst the authority to rule and dominate and change situations in line with God's will is resting inside of you and me. And if we read our psalm, Jesus died that death, and because of that death he died, he reconciled the whole creation back to God through him. Through him, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. He is the doorway to life. Jesus is, doesn't have life. He is life. And if you receive him, you receive life. And if you receive that life, you have authority. You have authority not in your own self, because that's why you, when you try to do things in your own self, you fall flat in your face. Because the glory will go to you. But when you say it in the name of Jesus, and you tell the demon spirit or situations or sickness, you say, you know what? You have no right to be in my body. Because the Bible says, "As he is, so I am in this world." It said, "Take authority for you. Get out from me right now." And he will go. But what do we do? We put a quilt and wrap our head with it. Pretend and see if everything will go away. It won't go away. It won't go away. You have to make it go away. If a dog is coming to bite you, what do you do? Please don't. He will bite you. You take a stick. You whack him on the head. Sorry, dog lovers, but if a dog is going to bite you, I'm going to whack him. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So, 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 how does this apply to us today? That some of us here who have so many situations in our life. Some of us here, we go to work. Things are not great in work, and we say we want to leave. Why do you want to leave? You need to change that work situation into your benefits. Why? One time I was, I was working in, um, when I, I qualified as an nurse, I was working in one of the uh, dementia units and was, this man had a very serious temperature. You know, I did everything I could in, in the book. It wasn't working. So I just walked in the corridor. I said, Lord, I don't have a clue what to do now. What do I do? The Lord said, get in the room. When you get in the room, I'll tell you exactly what to do. So I go in the room and he says, say this to him. So his name, his name is not Clark. I'm just saying his name is Clark. He said, say this, Clark, Jesus heals you. So I put my hands on here. and say, Clark, Jesus heals you. So I turn around to wash my hands. And I just had a sense. Check the temperature again. It was exactly 36.5. That's authority. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. And I only say what I hear the Father say. That's where our authority is. Because the heavens and the earth, you are given authority over the heavens and the earth. It's yours to keep. And God will do what He wants to do. We are all His God. He doesn't have anyone else. He can't use the angels. You are in a higher class than the angels. God didn't create you in the image of angels, He created you in the image of Himself. So when that scripture says, oh, uh, God has made us a little lower than the angels, no, 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 no. He never made you a little lower than the angels, He made you a little lower than Himself. But the word that says angels, Elohim, whose name is Elohim, that's God, not the angels. But because of sin, man man came down underneath the angels, because he bowed his head to the fallen angel, and because he bowed his head to the fallen angel, this fallen angel became the head, and unfortunately, man became the subordinate for four thousand years, four days. And Jesus came. He defeated him because in the cross of Calvary, the body of Jesus was so mad, was so mad, there were three people on the cross. Why was it that it was only him that was suffering something unusual? Do you know what happened? The book of Psalm 22 describes the Holy Spirit's account of what Jesus went through on the cross and what he went through in hell. Who oh, raised from the grave? No, 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 Jesus didn't rise from the grave. He raised from hell. The grave was the body. The resurrection is the spirit because the death of man was from the death of the flesh from the death of the spirit because God is, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Man is exactly the same way. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Man, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The day this you will die, do you know what death comes when you go to his feet? The spirit leaves your body and your body goes down. Spirits don't die. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, can I have my water? <laughs> Spirits don't die. Spirits will live on depending on where you want to go. It's your choice. If you are here, you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life and you think just because you come to this church you're a Christian, oh man, I was there, man. I was there 27 years of my life, went to church consistently, religiously, just to tick the box. And I realized that, you know what, when Satan was giving me pressure to commit suicide, if I did commit suicide, you know what I've gone? I know people don't like to hear the word hell, but unfortunately it's true. Anyway. Um, But it's so real, that if if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, if you don't remember when you made that decision, Or, if you've never made it, don't walk out of that door. Because you can think, oh, I'm all I am. If I die, uh, I'll turn into what? I'll turn into what? That's a lie. If you die, there's two ways. Light, darkness, heaven, hell. But right now, we are thinking of how to dominate on this earth. Do you know what I'm tell you something? The reason why this country is having so much problems, because the Christians are sleeping. Oh, the government, oh, Teresa May should do something. No, no, Teresa May needs your prayer. Because the only people who have authority on this earth is the Christians, is the church. Because the name of Jesus is authority of the church here on earth. That's why Jesus said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he said, I give it authority to tread upon scorpions, serpents, upon all the powers of the enemy. Your authority belongs to the church. You have authority. Do you know why? God lives in you because God said in the book of 2 uh, Second, uh, Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 16, uh, 16 uh, he said, a time is coming, I will make my home in you. I will live in you, I will walk in you, and I will dwell in you. I will be your God and you will be my people. What's the meaning of that? So why well, can we check it out? Just because the financial problem in your life, oh, you know what, uh, I don't know what to do. And if you hear the confession of fellow Christians, sometimes you just want to shake your head. The ignorance is so obvious, you know? Ignorance is so obvious just because, the, and, and strange, that's what God said anyway, for lack of knowledge, my people perish because they reject knowledge. Do you know where you get knowledge? Knowledge does not come from sleeping. You now It comes from putting your nose in the word of God and renewing your mind and allowing the spirit of God to speak to you. Allowing the spirit of God to tell you what's going to happen in the next five years. And you changing your life and changing the situation so that that five years comes, you are in victory, but the whole world is going that way and you are going upstream and the world is going downstream. And that's what we're supposed to do. You and me have authority. That authority is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When Peter met the uh, the guy on the the, the, the beautiful gate, it's a silver and gold I know, but what I have I give. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now how many of us do pray when someone is sick for them? The first thing we tell them is, I'll be due to the GP yet. In Jesus' day, there's no GP. I'm I'm not getting GPs, don't get me wrong, but before you go to the GP, pray. Because the GPS knowledge is limited; they don't know it all. But we have someone in here. He knows it all. He knows from A to Z. He knows from A to Z. Because we are called to reign as kings in this life. Not when you go to heaven. The strange part is there are people who are waiting when they die; they go to heaven to reign. Who are you going to reign over? Because Satan really is going. Satan is not going to heaven. That God will say, when I reach uh, the street uh, by and by, man, when you go to heaven, there's no problems, man. It's this earth. It might be in your marriage. It might be over your children. It might be over your body. It might be over your constituency that you live in. Over the road that you live in. In your workplace. Satan will always come against you, but when Jesus rose from the dead, do you know where he sat? He sat at the right hand of the Father. What does that mean? The right and the right is the place of authority. And you know who is sitting with him? Me and you. Because the Bible says we are made to sit in the heavenly realms in Christ. We are seated on his throne with him, sharing that glory with him. And he's expecting us to make his enemies his footstool. He is the head, we are the body. The body, draw, the body should draw the nutrients from the head. But unfortunately, the body is drawing the nutrients from the outside. The news, the news media, you would be amazed how people change their situations because they heard something on the news. A friend of mine, I heard news one time, the guy, um, the doctor told him that he's going to die in six weeks. He bought a coffin, he bought a place that he's going to be buried, he did every, all the funeral arrangements, he did everything. Five weeks later, he was still alive. And six weeks, seven weeks, he went to the GP, and, and the, the consultant, and said, what's going on? He said, oh, they checked me, he so oh, we saw, I think we made a mistake. It was a a, a, a commentary telegraph. You see how you can't just take the word of the world and just make it truth. You see, we have truth, they have facts. Our truth will change the facts. But what we're doing is we're accepting the fact and allowing the fact to be true. Sickness is a fact. By his stripes I am healed is the truth. Poverty might be a fact, but the Bible says he, Jesus, was made to be poor so that you through his poverty, you'll be made rich. I respect technology. I respect it because it's been a blessing to the church. But I respect it because it's got boundaries in my life. Technology or news don't tell me what to do. I tell them what to do. I tell them what to do. So what are the confines of our authority? You don't have authority over no man. You don't have authority over my brother, Pastor Dave. You don't have authority over people. With people, it's relationship. Your authority you have over people is the situation that they are going through in their life. You should take authority over that situation in agreement with them. You don't have authority over your wife. You don't boss your wife around. I used to do that. Praise God. Thank God. I stopped. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't boss your wife around left and right and boss your children around left and right The center and say, I'm taking my um, God given authority. That's no authority. That's no authority. That's. Uh, the, the word wanted to come out. I won't say it. Okay. So, it's a. Out of the mouth of babe and infant. So, what are we going to do? You have to humble yourself to receive that identification and union. You need to humble yourself. Jesus said, I came to open the eyes of the blind. I came to heal the sick. I did not come for the righteous, but for the sinners. Unless you acknowledge that you are a sinner, you will never bow and make him Lord of your life. Jesus said something, and the guy said, Jesus, we are the sons of Abraham. Do you mean we are also blind? He said, okay, you're not, you're not blind, then your sins remain with you. He said he came for the despise of society. He came for those who are fools in the eyes of the world. Because to be wise in God, you have to be a fool in the eyes of the world. To be strong in God, you have to be weak in the eyes of the world. So what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to go through your life just by going through your life and just not doing anything about it? You have to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you receive authority. The authority that you receive is so that God can fulfill his purpose and plan through your life. You are the body. He is the one that's got the power. He comes to live in you. The two of you become supernatural. Then the two of you go and say, okay, you see that woman standing there? Go and pray for him. One time the Lord told me to go and pray for a lady who is um, sitting in a wheelchair. The first time. I was like, whoa. I went to her and said, mom, um, um, um can I pray for you? She said, oh, thank you, but no. So that helped. I said, why? Do you know what he said? I used to be a Christian, and when I I, I came to sit in a wheelchair, I was kicked out of the church. Christians are our own worst enemy. You like the one, those who have the nice fruits. Jesus sat with those who smell. Those who have nothing to give, nothing to offer. You have to see yourself as you have nothing to give. You have to bow down to the Lord Jesus Christ. He so said, Jesus proved. He walked on the face of the earth. He spoke to the storm. He spoke to the fish. He spoke to the demons. He exercised that authority that is spoken about in Psalm 8. He exercised that authority. And do you know why he did that? when the disciple said oh oh lord why are you sleeping get up get up don't you see we're drowning and he didn't say he just woke and said, peace, be still and he turned around and said where is your faith so the question is have you made jesus christ lord and savior of your life have you made that decision yet if you don't remember making that decision today is the day So that today can register in your conscience that today you made that decision for Christ. And if you've never made that decision, today is the day. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.